What's up, sports fans, and welcome to the Sports Opinions Podcast, episode number 22. I'm your host, as always, Alex Cuesta. Find me on Twitter at A underscore Cuesta 30. Find Sports Opinions on Twitter at Sports Opinion 30. And you can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, um, YouTube still, and on Spreaker, hopefully coming soon to iHeartRadio and Spotify. With me today is a guy that I've wanted to have on for a while because he's been having one hell of a sports year. Um, I wanted to get his perspective. He's one of my brother's friends. You know my brother, David Questy. You've heard him on here a few times. Uh, Mr. Kyle Burns. What up, Kyle? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? It's uh, having some fun. Kyle, anywhere on social media people can find you, they can hear your opinions? Uh, yeah, so on Twitter you can follow me at Burnsy97 with two sevens. And Snapchat you can follow me uh Burnsy97 with one seven. Oh, look at that. He's uh, getting a little <laughs> tricky there with the sevens, throwing people hey, off. Yeah, one seven was taken, so... Not I had them. <laughs> so the reason I say that Kyle's having a good sports year is because for some damn reason, Kyle's a Philadelphia <laughs> sports fan. Uh, I, I always want to ask you, why the hell are you a Philadelphia sports fan? All right, well, my, my dad grew up in the Pennsylvania area, and he was always a big Philadelphia sports fan. So as soon as I was born, he took me to Phillies games, uh, Eagles games, and some basketball games. Ah, so he know. poisoned you early. Like, he couldn't <laughs> just leave well enough alone and let him wallow and suffer. <laughs> he had to bring yeah. you with him. Yeah, pretty much. It was uh, it was cool though, you know, being a being a young kid going to all these games and stuff, and being introduced to it early. It was a, uh, it was a cool experience, and you know. I gotta ask you, did he throw snowballs at Santa? Was he at that game? No, no, no. That was that was uh, that was a little while ago. But <laughs> it was not that one. But. <laughs> but you know, speaking of the some of the most worst fans on the planet in terms of actual human beings, uh, <laughs> fly Eagles, fly. Philadelphia Eagles, holy, oh, holy crap! What a, I, I, you know, I talk about sports all the time, and I did not expect the Eagles to have the year that they had. Um, I don't think you expected the Eagles. I think you expected them to be good. I think you expected yeah. Wentz to take the next step. I don't think you thought Super Bowl, especially with Nick Foles. Um, how just what is your reaction to the Super Bowl win? Oh man, it was absolutely insane. I mean, I just to even be there in the Super Bowl in the first place. I mean. I had my doubts, obviously, but once you got into the game, you saw Nick Foles was making good throws, and like this was going to be an actually good game. I was, uh, I was super excited, and then when they finally pulled off the win, man, it was, it was insane. Um, and the obvious my whole family was going crazy, and no, no one of my family liked the Patriots, so everyone <laughs> was over my house, and the place went wild for the whole night. It was, it was amazing. So you know the obvious highlight was uh, the Philly Philly call. Um, that's the most important call, I think. It's that's one of the biggest calls that's going to go down in history. It's going to be up there with the David Tyree helmet catch. Like that's absolutely insane. What, did you guys go absolutely crazy when you saw Nick Foles catch the ball um, and walk it, into the end zone? Not even, amazing. and it's not even ten minutes after Tom Brady tried to do the same exact thing and failed. Like did that exactly. make it even better? That's what made it better. Seeing Tom Brady hit it in the hand, hit him in the hands, and get the ball. <laughs> And then just see Nick Foles just catch it with ease and stroll into the end zone. It was just, it was such a good feeling. It was so amazing. Just a, just a cool play from the beginning. It was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and it was cool. And you know, and you guys got to reap the benefits of um, Doug Peterson uh, really gambling, and it paid off. Now I don't know if you listen. Yeah. I had my 
Um, good buddy uh, Chuck Williams, who's also an Eagles fan. He's the head uh, female head coach over at Maris Track and Field. He's a big Eagles fan. He just got the Eagles tattooed on him because he said if they win it, he would get the logo tattooed. So we got it tattooed on his bicep, which is sick. That is awesome. But, um, you know, I asked him, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Doug Peterson gambled, and it worked. Now, Philly fans, the Philly area is, you know, it's not quite the New York scene because the notoriety is not as big, but they're brutal. If Peterson continues to gamble and say they have a down year this year, maybe go 9-7, and 10-6, make the playoffs but aren't yep. as good because these gambles cost them, can we see maybe a two-year shelf life with this type of guy? Because, you know, you guys kept Andy Reid around forever, but Andy Reid was safe. Where Peterson takes a lot of chances. Can you see the fan base turning on him if he makes a lot of these gambles and they uh, fail? I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I think he's... I think he's being reasonable with the gambles, at least. And even if he, he does start to push the gambles, still the first coach to lead him to a Super Bowl. But I mean, I but, but Philly. Gonna... But the thing is, you look at it. Philly, Philly doesn't work. If the Philly special doesn't work, it's a different game. The momentum shifts. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. it's you know it's a field goal instead of seven. The Patriots get the ball. Tom Brady does Tom Brady things. Like you know, it could have been uh, one of the worst play calls in Super Bowl history, where they could have been. Oh no. Run the ball. You have two big guys. You have Aguilar who's playing. Well. Like there, there could have been so many questions about it. Yeah, it's uh, so it could have gone in a completely different direction for sure. And um, Philly fans aren't the most forgiving people on the no, planet. <laughs> I, yeah, if 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 somehow it didn't work and we ended up losing that that Super Bowl, it would. Uh, yeah, I don't think fans would be happy with them. Maybe maybe it'll ride for a while. Um, but I, I still, I don't know. I still think you stick with him. He's he's turned. I, I just think he's turned around the organization. Honestly, We're going to. I mean, because Chip Kelly was pretty bad, so uh, <laughs> he was good, and then he wasn't. He got figured out quickly. That was his issue. He got figured out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it could get much worse than that. Just uh, <laughs> seeing seeing the the bad, the worst of it. Honestly, um, so I, I don't know. I, I think I think he's here to stay. I don't think there'd be a two-year shelf life for him. I think uh, I, I think we could live with the gambles. <laughs> All right, so that that I have one fan with Chuck that says he probably has a short shelf life if he get if he really takes uh yeah. and Chuck, you know, to defend Chuck, he's been around about ten years more than me, which means almost twenty years more than you. <laughs> so he might have seen a little more than you to kind of back up. But you know, you're yeah. also a diehard fan, so you got your opinions that are valid as well there is no we're sports opinions here there is no opinion that isn't valid so so we're going to talk about the upcoming year now um cool things here that i saw i'm looking at the eagles transactions and i saw deuce staley's been promoted to assistant head coach and running backs coach now deuce staley is honestly he's one of the most underrated running backs in the history of football i think if he didn't have his injury history he'd be going down a lot better light I think it's really cool that he um, has this uh, position. I know he was in the talks to potentially be the Giants head coach at one point. Do you think Deuce is going to get his chance as a head coach maybe even next year? Um, I think I, I think he could, honestly. Um, I, I think he's a great coach. And the way he's been coached, managing the backfield last year with all the running backs. And um, I think he's going to have a great year this year as well with the uh, – 
uh, Jai and Clement coming back, and Clement obviously going to be more involved. And I think he's going to, uh, you know, I think he's going to handle it well, and I think he's going to stand out on the team, especially as a assistant now. Now I'm looking at this, and I got to stop you because I actually have a big problem with your coaching staff. <laughs> Qu- uh, quickly, so I see Mike Grow is the offensive coordinator. Now, Mike Groh, I just looked it up. He happens to be the son of a one guy named Al Groh, who is literally the worst coach in Jets history, and it's not close. So I think that may be your jinx right there on why you guys, because the last the last name Groh makes my stomach turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that one's going to go. We'll, we'll see, but... Uh... Now, Peterson makes most of those calls, so it's kind of like one of those safe things where Gro is kind of just going to be like an opinion, I guess. Yeah, I think he's going to take a backseat usually because uh, Peterson likes to call his own plays a lot of the time. God, you um, hope he takes a backseat. He definitely takes opinion to account, so we'll see how, that, how he influences it. Definitely. Now, we're going to move on from the coaching staff because while they're important, the most important guys are obviously the dudes on the field. Um, a sad one probably for you, the Eagles released Brent Selleck. Uh, he was a long-time Eagles great. He was around from the McNabb time, and he's just made play after play. The dude's played hurt, um, undersized for his position. He was never the biggest tight end, but he could still block um, just a little bit. Like I don't know. I, pro- I probably watched more of Brent Selleck being older than you, but from what you saw from Brent, does that one kind of hurt you watching him get released? Yeah, it hurts. Um, he's been along, around for a long time, and been extremely loyal to Philadelphia and the fans and just just loves the city honestly it was it's great to see him finally get a ring after all his hard work and uh, you know it's sad to see him go you think he's gonna retire um, or do you think he's gonna try and play a few more years uh I think I think he's gonna retire I think it's a pretty good solid way to end it I don't know if, I don't know if he wants to play anywhere else honestly um but you never know I mean, uh, it'd be pretty cool to end it on a Super Bowl, I think. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I could see him retiring, coming back in that one-day contract, um, yeah, coming back, getting his time, and, you know, just getting a big round of applause, which he'll deserve. Maybe if you throw, yeah. maybe if he dresses up as Santa, some snowballs thrown at him. Who knows? <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> he might do it just to invite it because he's that type of dude. He embraces yeah, he the culture. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk some other people, some a big move you guys made. Now, you guys made a few big moves, which – yeah. You know, it's the rich get richer. Guys obviously want to come play. Uh, Michael Bennett was acquired. Now, Michael Bennett comes with his baggage. He comes with his opinion, yeah. which, you know, isn't obviously going to hurt in Philly because you guys had Jenkins who held his opinion but also did it in, a cl- I think, a classier way than the Bennett's typically do. Yeah. But maybe he'll get a little get a little mesh there and he'll be able to put his opinion out there a little bit better. Um, but yeah. Michael Bennett comes. He's obviously a freak of a player. Um, you also pick up Haloti Nada, who's going to also, uh, you know, he's not the guy he once was, but he's 100% going to really help build up that uh, defensive line that was already stout with nine guys rolling through it. You pick up Mike Wallace, which is another great pick because, yeah, you don't know what he has left in the tank, but he adds to a surprising receiving core. Um, you bring back Darren Sproles for another year. You pick up the option on Nelson Aguilar. Your draft, I'd be lying if I said I knew a lot about the guys picked up because you guys picked at the end a lot of the time. So you guys were kind of picking up depth. I see you address tight end with Dallas Goddard. I kind of know a little bit about him. Um, but just, you know, overall your impressions on what the Eagles have done this offseason, they really haven't lost a good amount. 
They got rid of Torrey Smith, which, good riddance, he didn't do much besides running a straight line. But <laughs> your impression on the offseason and how you guys did? Uh, I, I think we did pretty great, honestly, for um, the position we were in. We were strapped for cap space and stuff. So, obviously, I had to get rid of some good dead players. But Brandon, uh, the guy, and, uh, Michael Bennett on the, old, on the de- defensive line after losing a couple of guys, really going to help uh, keep it where it was, I think. Um, pick up on Wallace was fantastic because you need another uh, another guy on the outside there um, after Torrey Smith is gone and you know I, I think it's uh, I think it was a great offseason I think Howard did a great job and also a news that it, um, this past year happened in April in the offseason the Eagles and Nick Foles have come to an agreement um, on a revised one year deal for 2018 and what is this website doing? Why is it making noise? Shut up, man. But um, 2018, a revised contract. Um, it's it's basically a reward for the deal. They give them a mutual 2019 option, which basically means that either of them could pick up deny it. Um, the contract includes a $2 million bonus, incentives for starting, hitting benchmarks. Now, do you think this was set up in one of two ways, in a way that it gives um, the Eagles – cap flexibility in case they do want to do him a favor and trade him if Wentz is ready to go because as much as it's Foles is always going to live in lore because he is the first ever quarterback to win a Super Bowl yep. but he's not Carson Wentz next needs to be Carson Wentz to get you there if Wentz comes back shows he's healthy do the do the Eagles kind of do the right thing and trade Foles to a contender to give him a shot at another one um I'd be surprised they didn't honestly I, I was uh I was thinking they were going to do it at the draft, but it obviously makes sense to keep them until once is 100% again. Um, so I, I I can definitely see it happen. I expect it to happen. Um, but then again, I I wouldn't be surprised if they kept them, but I I, I hope they don't <laughs> as, as much as I don't like saying that. But I think his value drops over time after sitting on the bench for a whole year and and Not also, I you know, you can't, I don't think you can keep a guy that just won a Super Bowl behind Wentz because yeah. if he falters a little bit, he's not going to get that chance to right his wrong because automatically fans, whether they want to or not, are going to go, oh, he might be hurt again. Pull him out. Oh, he's not playing well. Put Foles in. He won us a Super Bowl. And it really could put a lot of extra pressure on Wentz that he's not going to need. He's going to have a lot of pressure on himself anyway. And if when quarterbacks are pressing to keep their job, they play worse. That's just a fact. You, that doesn't, it doesn't help. So um, I, I really think they should trade them. Two things I overlooked. I saw you guys picked up Richard Rodgers for a year, which is a good pickup on tight end. And you also signed Marcus Wheaton, wide receiver, to a one-year contract. So I think you guys are pretty much set right now. Um, but, it, you know, and a lot of things can happen. But you guys added a lot of depth so that if injuries do happen again, you guys are in a good spot. It's, uh, I think, a great move. We need more depth at this point, honestly, and those are two great signs as well. Um, but, I mean, you showed it last year, next man up mentality can can definitely make a difference if that guy steps up. Without a doubt. Now, speaking of, um, you know, you're in your division, obviously you guys ended up playing well, winning it. We're basically the best team in football for most of the year until Wentz went down and then took Foles a little bit, but he obviously picked it up. Um, right now, I, I don't think the Redskins scare anyone. Alex Smith's a good quarterback, but they seem like they lost a little. I don't trust that defense. 
because um, that, that was Kirk Cousins' issue. The defense was bad. He had to score every single driver, otherwise they were losing the game. Yeah. But in terms of the Cowboys and the Giants, we're going to talk Cowboys first. Um, Zeke's healthy. Zeke's playing. That has to scare the league. You guys, yeah. I think you guys were built to try and stop Zeke. That's why you had this rotation. Um, it does Do the Cowboys scare you at all? Would, do you think Dak's going to make that next step? They brought back David Irving. They brought back Demarcus Lawrence, two best pass rushers. Um, do the Cowboys make you nervous at all? Um, definitely a little. If uh, if um, if Dak makes that next step and definitely improves this year, now I'm going to stop Cowboys you. I'm going to mind you. You better watch what you say because you know Dapo and Doc are going to oh, get on I'm, you I'm, if I'm you don't give them the compliments. <laughs> yeah, if Dak makes that next step and and really turns it on next year, then the Cowboys can definitely be be a contender for sure. Uh, Zeke is a monster. Line's a monster. And they picked up Tavon Austin. They, well. they got Tavon, which is another good weapon. They got rid of Dez, but they picked up Tavon Austin, which is a big pickup yeah, for them. That was that was big. And they could turn him into like a running back, route runner, receiver type of thing. They have Cole Beasley running underneath. I think they still need that possession guy, unless but unless Butler steps up. He was a guy that stepped up when Dez was hurt two years ago. Yeah. So we'll see what they believe in there. We're going to move on to a team that probably scares you the most in the division. The New York Giants. Um, obviously picking up Saquon Barkley is big, but they shored up that line, uh, drafting Will Hernandez, um, picking up Nate Solder. Uh, they picked up a whole bunch of people that could help them. They shored up the defense a little more. They Obviously, Odell's healthy. They're definitely a team that's worth looking out for for you guys. Um, do you see them as your biggest threat? I think so. You know, with the they, they really buff their team up with those uh, O line drafts, and I mean, their uh, that O line Saquon Bark is going to do some work this year for sure. And Odell coming back, and if he can stay healthy, he'll uh, he'll tear it up for sure. So Giants, I think, are probably our biggest contender and my biggest fear at the moment for sure. Now, even though you guys won and you played well, I. You know, and I hate to say it because I'm a Jets fan, so I don't want to give the Giants many compliments. But if they did a good job, I doubted picking Barkley because I didn't like the O line. Now that I look at what they did, they did a good job enforcing, reinforcing that O line. But if they can get that defense right, they did some things. Two years ago, that defense was one of the best in the NFL. If they can get back to that and then this offense is explosive, I think they're probably a more complete team than your Eagles. Do you agree or disagree? think they're more complete um i think our defense is a lot more complete e- even if they turn around in the next year or so we just have so many pieces in place right now um obviously we've got some aging guys going on and then eventually uh we're gonna need some younger guys to come in here but i think even in the next like two or three years i think we'll still be a more complete team all right so that's kyle saying the giants suck that is exactly what he said. He put down the rhetoric in a Pretty nice much. way from an Eagles fan, saying the my Giants. Aunt's are... fan, my aunt's a Giants fan, so I gotta, I gotta talk this back. So we're gonna go back to this. If the you know NFC East goes to the Giants in any way, we're gonna go back to this, and we're yeah, gonna well, have Kyle on record. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked some Eagles, and you know, for the Eagles, obviously it was a process, but it wasn't the process to be trusted. We're gonna move it on to trust the process. 
We're going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, my main question to you right now is, is there still a process? Are we there? Is this what, you know, you have suffered for for years being the worst team next to my Nets uh, for so long? Um, you guys made it to the second round of the playoffs. You were utterly beaten by an undermanned Celtics team. It wasn't even close. How do you feel coming off of that loss in the second round about just the season in total? Um, season as a whole, I, I'm pretty proud of it. I mean, I don't think anybody expected us to even get like 40 wins this year. And the fact to even get to the second round of the playoffs, I think is fantastic. Um, it was ugly in the second round for sure. Uh, but it's a young team and I think they need, I think they just need to like, get more experience under their belt. Like, it, it, there was times where they just didn't know what to do. Um, that's when I think Brett Brown should have tried and calmed them down, try and help them, but instead he tried to keep them out there and try to have them figure out their own. There's not not there yet, but overall I think it was a great year for the 76ers. It was a great year, and one thing that I found, you know, partially an issue I guess maybe is you guys relied on Marco Bellinelli a lot. In the in the postseason to make big shots, and it kind of concerned me because that's what you brought JJ Redick for, and it seems like JJ Redick didn't step up to the plate as much as I thought he would have, and I thought that in those crunch time shots that you wanted the big three or the stretch shot, you should have probably wanted to go to Redick. I think that's why he was there because let's face it, the stars that you have aren't three point shooters. Out of Simmons and Embiid, Embiid's the better three point shooter, so it's like. Right there is kind of like, to me, it kind of concerned me. Bellinelli is going to be 32 next year. He's not under contract. Um, Is he a guy that you guys bring back, or is he someone that it was, thanks for the year, you're 32, goodbye? Um, I I feel like we should try and bring him back just because we have a lack of three-point shooting. Um, And I I think the point where he said – making the big shots. I think it was more just the hot hand, and there was t- definitely times where J.J. struggled. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I think Marco Bellinelli's definitely better shooting on, on the move, and that's why they wanted to go to those difficult shots for him. J.J. likes to hit in transition and off the dribble, but uh, Marco Bellinelli likes those tough fading away shots, and he drained many of them for us. So I think we try and get him. Um, but I wouldn't overextend it all for him. I would throw out an offer. If he doesn't like it, it's give him ultimatum pretty much. And if he doesn't take it, then let him walk. Well, yeah, but you know, JJ is also a free agent. He's going to be 33 next year. You paid him 23 million this year, which is outrageous. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that is another guy you have to make a decision on because it's kind of a thing we have to look in the future because I think Embiid is about to get paid in about a year or two because um, he's I think his rookie contract's almost done. And then you're going to have Simmons coming up not too long after. You're going to have Markle Fultz, who you hope takes that next step. We're going to talk a little more about Fultz. There are some guys that are on the market that you guys may be able to pick up that are pretty good three-point shooters. Um yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know if you guys go. I know Wayne Ellington is on the market. I don't know if Miami resigns him. He had a great year this year. Yeah, he did. Um, guys like Jamal Crawford, he's older, but he can still shoot. Um, th- there are some guys out there. Now, do you think it would be smarter if they explore some of these younger guys before trying to go back to a J.J. Redick or a Marco Bellinelli? 
I, I think you could uh, explore the younger guys and give them a chance. Uh, I think it'd just be smarter in the long run. Um, so I definitely don't think we're in a win-now mentality. We're, uh, we're, our expectations are raised, but I don't think we're a championship team yet by any means. So I, I think we give the younger guys a chance for sure. Definitely. I think that's, you know, something that uh, there's a guy that I'm looking at. My Brooklyn Nets may not be able to hold on to Joe Harris. And I feel like that's a guy that would fit so well in your 76ers, just in terms of the fact that he's a grit dude. He's a great three-point shooter. Like, if you're looking at a three-point shooter, he's 26. He would go in and blend right there. I think he'd give you what J.J. Redick didn't. And he learned how to create off the dribble this year, which is something that was his biggest knock. So I think that's a big guy that you guys could grab. I see Derrick Rose is a free agent. Do you want Derrick Rose? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> but come on, Derrick Rose is so good. Oh, man. Keep telling me about it. I'll wait for I'll wait to see it. Oh, no. I got your savior right here. Ryan Arcadiacono. Bring him on. <laughs> Bring him to the team. Listen, I, like I think him. he had like a resurgent, yeah, like a pretty big year. He he really? played like 12 minutes a game. He didn't score much, but he played a lot. I mean, he was out there. Shit. He was playing. Listen, he played more minutes than we did. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, and so, you know, go more into this year. Um, obviously, Joel Embiid was, you know, the superstar coming back. We all knew about Joel yep. Embiid. Um, I'm concerned with Embiid because... He still wasn't, you know, he played every game in the postseason with his injury or whatever, but they were still super careful with him on back-to-back this year. And I'll never forget, in early in the year when they were playing Detroit, and I guess he trash-talked Andre Drummond, and Drummond made the quote was, I haven't missed a game in my career. Come back and talk to me when you can play a back-to-back. And, you know, I guess it, it was Embiid being Embiid, getting under dude's skin, which is, but it, there is some truth to that. Um is it, is there any concern for you with the big man that has an injury history who plays as aggressive as MB does that they had to really hold back and you know he didn't play a lot of back-to-backs this year is there you need to see him play more next year and try and you know LeBron played 82 games this year at the age of 73 and yep. B's got to <laughs> play more like is that concern you Oh uh, yeah it definitely does a little bit um I I I think he made made progress this year, but he definitely needs to play just more games in general. I'm I'm pretty happy he played all the postseason with the with the injury. Um, Phantom of the postseason, baby. Yeah. So I, I, I it, it is a concern, um, but it's not as big as a concern as it was uh, a year ago. Definitely not. And we're going to talk about now the second part of your big two because you don't have a big three yet, and obviously you need no. a big three to win in this league at least. Ben Simmons took so many steps this year. Um, I was one of his biggest critics. I've been on this uh, program already before saying if he couldn't lead a collegiate team to the tournament, how the hell is he going to play in the NBA? Again, eating my words, Ben Simmons is a beast. He's not the rookie of the year because you can't sit out a year, get paid, get get all NBA stuff, lift, get all the programs and still be a rookie. But that's for the league to decide, not me. But he obviously made me eat my words. His vision is ridiculous. He's a grown-ass man taking it to the rim. Um, he plays very good defense. He's oh, he's a gigantic uh, point guard, which is a matchup issue for everyone. But he doesn't even have range past 16 feet, which you know makes it really easy yeah. for guys to kind of flood the paint and guard him. 
Do you, is something that you need to see next year? Do you need to see him develop an outside shot, at least an eighteen footer, to kind of pull guys back yeah, from the paint? I definitely think you do because um, I, I, that's pretty much what happened in the playoffs. I mean, they just they just shut him down because they knew he was about. We can't can't shoot outside the paint, so um, I, he definitely needs to develop at least a little bit of a shot to just change it up on people, so he's not predictable. Now, good news um, for you, a few guys that didn't have a great long-distance shot coming into the league, um, someone by the name of Michael Jordan, he had a pretty yeah. bad three-point shot, he wasn't known as a good shooter, he was a mid-range guy, he was a back-to-the-basket guy, someone else by the name of Kobe Bryant didn't have a really good long-range shot, both of those guys I think have become okay, and oh, some other guy who I think is going to win another NBA championship this year, LeBron James had a really bad outside shot. When he came oh, yeah. into the league, and now look at him—he drains threes in people's faces from, you know, beyond the court. So I think there's a chance. Um, if Simmons doesn't get that shot next year, is there going to be a lot of criticism from him on the fans' end? Um, maybe, maybe a little bit, but I, I don't think so. I think it's a three three point shooters league nowadays. Um, but I think just adding more to your game is good. So I I can't see him get much like a lot of criticism for that just being able to expand your floor and improve upon your own game it's it's huge now you guys have a little bit of an issue because ben simmons is a natural point guard and the guy that you drafted who barely played this year but when he did play looked like he was playing okay marco fultz another point guard if he comes in and in training camp is healthy starts the season next year plays well coming off the bench could you see them sliding Ben Simmons down and letting Markle take over or have Markle shoot off the side of him? What do you see as a best-case scenario for another guy who you obviously want to develop into one of your stars? Um, if he comes off well and he's doing good, I think I think the best case is to put him, put him at the two spot maybe. Um, because I, you just can't pass a Ben Simmons pass and it's unreal. That's what you want for your point guard is – Amazing vision. You can't you can't teach that stuff. Um, Mark Hillfield is a big question mark for me. I'm not. I'm. I'm just not 100 percent sure on what what he's what his role is here. Um, but I would like to see him play at the two. Probably. I think that's the best best case for him at the moment. Now, would his value be gaining value to be traded, to have that coveted, was a former number one pick type of deal, and, you know, he played well, so, you know, give us your number one pick for him type of deal to uh, maybe even a contending team or a team that's floating bubble to try and get another pick? Um, I mean, maybe. I, I still, I think you keep him for another year and see how he plays. I don't think you dish him out right away. Um, so hang on to Marco Fultz. I mean, I don't know much about Marco Fultz. I remember watching that video where he had the worst shot probably. Like, he looked like Charles Barkley's uh, drive. That was the way his shot looked. It's like ugly. It looked better when he actually started to play. I have to say that. His stroke look, he looked like he actually knew how to play basketball, which for a little bit, it looked like he just, you know, he looked like a member of, like, the Space Jam guys where they stole his talent. Like, that's literally what I equated yeah, to when he was like, it looked was, like he just had no talent. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad for a while. Um, but it, it definitely did get better as he started playing. And he definitely drained some shots. I did not think he was going to be able to drain. But he looked pretty good when he did play. 
He did. He looked, I thought he looked absolutely, you know, he looked like a player when he did play. I'm not going to say that he looked ready to take on the NBA. It's such a small sample. And once guys figure him out a little bit, then we'll see how he adjusts to other guys really playing D on him. So like you said, I think you let him play a little bit, maybe hold on to him for a year. But, you know, like you said, it's that slippery slope of do you want to really let him play for a year and if his value slips, then that kind of sucks. Like kind of the element of surprise and potential might be better. Yeah, look so at, that's why I think they want to hate on to him because they, 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 they valued him as a first-round pick, so I obviously think they believe in him at least somewhat to be capable of uh, playing at a high level. So, yeah, I, I think they keep him for another year. All right, so he might hang out for another year, and that, that wouldn't be, you know, it would not be a bad thing for you guys to add some depth, especially if he can... Yeah. If he can actually contribute. Now, here is the question of the hour. And I had a while ago, I had my boy Brandon Scoopy Robinson on the program. And it was the first time that I had him on. And he's, you know, a basketball aficionado. The guy knows his stuff. Uh, We threw around, where does LeBron James end up after this year? Um, I really think that he's playing the game, that he's playing everyone. I know he doesn't like Dan Gilbert. But I know the guy likes money a lot more and he doesn't like Dan Gilbert. And everyone says he has no loyalties to Cleveland, which, again, I think is kind of false. The guy eats, sleeps, and breeds Akron, Ohio. I think he's playing everyone. I think he's going to try and get more money from this TV deal. But a real possibility that uh, Scoop has been not only on my podcast but going around saying to almost everyone is that there's a real possibility that LeBron lands in Philly. Now, just why? Why would he want to go? Why do people want to go to Philly all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, it's it's turned around in Philly. You got this young talent coming in. They got, I mean, you, you turn around a, 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 the worst the worst record in the NBA to a fifty win season in like two years. That's that, that's insane. Now, but it's like it's crazy because people want to go to Philly. Doesn't everyone realize that Philly is literally, they can rename every single Philly team the South Jersey Eagles, the South Jersey Sixers, because Philadelphia's fan base is South Jersey. Oh, yeah. A lot of it is. It, it, I it's, see it all the time here. It's ridiculous, and I can't stand it. And it's like, you look at it, and it's like, so people are going down there. They're loving this Philadelphia stuff right now, but they're just, I don't know, they're just mean people. Philadelphia fans are just mean people. You're one of the are, nicest Philadelphia fans I ever met. Yeah, I, I went to a, a Phillies World Series game in OE, and they were there were some mean people there. <laughs> Listen, was, one of the meanest bad. people I know is my good buddy Miguel Rodriguez. He's a diehard Eagles fan, and I've always told him that you know he has no soul, and that's why the <laughs> Eagles haven't done anything. And I can't. I'll never forget when I was back in the day. Also, my good friend Melissa Honey, her brother Tom Honey, they're all Eagles fans. And I shared this post on Facebook that it said, um, "It was like Eagles fans. I would give you a Super Bowl if you weren't such terrible people." And underneath it, it was like, "Sign God." So it was like, <laughs> it was just something that like that. And it's like, but ah oh, man, it's it burns me, Kyle. It burns me that you have success before my sports teams do. It's, it's fantastic. Finally, finally be able to see it. It's amazing. Now, you know, I mentioned LeBron. What do you think the realistic chances are him coming to Philly? Oh, I, I would absolutely, I would I would love for him to come to Philly. I well, mean, I think anyone would love for him to come to his damn team. That, like, that is LeBron. 
yeah, that that's just amazing. He, oh, like it gets me it gets me giddy just to think about. It. That'd be that'd be absolutely insane. Could you Do imagine it's actually gonna happen? Um, I don't know. I think he's a diehard Ohio Ohio fan, and I think I, I don't know. I think he uh, I think he wants to stay in Ohio. I think he likes Ohio too much, but so I, I don't know if it's gonna happen. It's I'd like it to, but I'm not sure if it's gonna. Could you imagine the training if LeBron came over, grabbed basically a carbon copy of himself and Ben Simmons, and is like, come here, young boy, let me teach you how to shoot. Like, stop. He talks to Ben all the time. Like, he would would turn him around so quick. It would be disgusting. Now, LeBron on that team, you know, my thing with LeBron coming to that team is he's going to carry a heavy number. And that's a lot of things that people don't talk about. His cap, he doesn't take less money. He's a guy known for pushing the envelope, so you're going to have to give him everything. And that's yep. one of the reasons why his teams kind of suck, because he demands such a high cap number that you can't bring in too many other superstars. Now, I talked about before, Embiid is going to come up soon. I'm actually going to look up and see when Embiid's contract is, because he's still on his rookie contract, so they're going to have to pay the man. He's going to have bird rights, still going to have to pay him. Um, Simmons' contract's going to come up not too long after. Having LeBron would kind of kill that, and it would kind of make it difficult to really, you know, get him paid completely. I think you actually, let me see. Yeah, I think this is the last year of his rookie contract, so you guys are going to have to pay Embiid. So, yeah. And Embiid's not going anywhere. That's just yeah, not... Yeah, no It's not... Oh, well, let me see. Upcoming contract. Oh, so he did get the contract extension in 2023. Okay. So he got his extension. Okay. Alright. And it's like... He's getting like $25 million to start, 27 29 31 33 So that's a lot of money going to him. Mm-hmm. It's That's my thing. LeBron going to you guys is going to prevent you guys from getting much more help. Yeah. This is going to be a lack of depth for sure. Which LeBron has suffered from his whole career. But when you think about it, it's LeBron's own doing. Yeah, but it's LeBron. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he's, he's an animal. No, <laughs> really? And it shows this year, like... This might this be one of LeBron's, special. might be one of his worst teams, and yeah. it, it, he is carrying them. It is, it is insane. And I love the LeBron doesn't care about what he says anymore. Like in the interview, when there's like, you know, how do you feel? What about Toronto? He's like, I don't want to talk about Toronto. I want to go home. Like, yeah, he's just, he's just like, dude, leave me alone. <laughs> it's, it's great. And it's like players aren't supposed to say that. Like especially superstars, they're yeah. supposed to be like, no, we're ready, we're prepared. LeBron's like, man, leave me alone. I'm here because I gotta be. I want to go home. I want to go in my bed. I want to go to sleep. Leave me the hell alone. <laughs> now that goes over well in Akron, Ohio, in Cleveland. How about something like yeah. that? Like you know, we had the famous Allen Iverson. Not a game practice. Not a game practice. How about something like that with LeBron going? Yo, Philly, Philly reporter, shut up. I'm trying to go home. Like how would that go? I'm not even sure what kind of response Philly would have for that. I, they probably just wouldn't care because he's just that good. I mean, I, I wouldn't care. I think it's hilarious, but I don't know. People like that, uh, the grit and determination from Philly. So I, it could it could conflict a little bit, I guess. And LeBron has definitely developed that air of superiority about him, especially the fact that he wrote himself a love note on Instagram when he was <laughs> – I, I highlighted that with Doc. I've even, I forget what it was even for because I don't care. Why were you writing your, yourself a love note on yeah, Instagram? That's just, that's just ridiculous. His vanity is kind of funny. Now, so we're going to go on to another Philly team because this is a very Philly-heavy podcast. If people don't like Philly, I'm probably going to lose some v- listeners. 
got to market this down. I got to tell uh, Mike Golick to like put this out because his his fan base will throw it out there. Keep it on the loop. Yeah, keep yeah. This you know what? This is gonna be like one of my least views. Not because it's not good, because they're gonna be like Philadelphia heavy. Click off. <laughs> but um, Philadelphia Phillies started off as a friggin' joke. Um, Gabe Kapler is the new manager. He did some really stupid moves. Like the guy was kind of a bumbling idiot. He's a beautiful man. The guy is in great shape. He's a good-looking dude. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good-looking dude. But he made a lot of bonehead decisions. But since then, they've started yeah. going on a tear. Um, I, think, I think people forget that you guys got Jake Arrieta, which oh, yeah. he's that not He's not what he used to be, but he's still legitimate. He's your number four pitcher, and he's 3-1. and one. He's still a legitimate pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the high strikeout guy he used to be, but he's a, like I said, he's still a good player. Um, Aaron Nola is a legitimate stud. He's 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 come out of nowhere. It's crazy. Yeah, I he, watched watched the game the other night. He was he was the twelve strikeouts. That was that was awesome. Yeah, he's doing the job. It seems like uh, Kapler is you know figuring out how to use a bullpen and stuff. He's yep. pulling the right strings. Um, just do you think the Phillies can hold on to this? Um, I, I I think so for for at least a, a little while. They got the young talent, and I mean these young guys have been turning it on, and it's it, it's crazy. These aren't the guys you think that are going to be like the guys carrying your team, but they are, and it's you know being so young. I think they can just keep developing. Well, um, yeah, you have a legitimate think, star. Reese Hoskins last year was just he had a breakout last year as a home run hitter. Um, you know, we hit a lot, he hit, he hit 18 home runs. It was late in the season. He came in, he only played 15, 50 games. So 50 yeah. games, 212 plate appearances, 18 home runs, 48 ribbies having a full year this year. So far, he's already hit five, 25 ribbies. Um, I think he's your future leader on the team. Um, what yeah. other, how, how do you feel about him? I think he's a stud. I, I, I think he's going to be awesome. He's going to. I think he's going to develop into a superstar for sure. He's a he's just a great player all around. Definitely, and you know he's becoming a good guy. One of the guys that's been carrying your team that's a really good player, um, Michael Franco. Michael Franco has had a hot yeah. start again. Seven home runs, twenty eight ribbies. This is coming off past two years, twenty four home runs, twenty five home runs. Um, yeah. He's kind of knocking on that door, becoming that legitimate home run. Really good star player. Um, like you said, there's a lot of young guys. None of these guys are old either. You have a lot of yeah. depth. Yeah. Are Very you are you a few years too early, though, to really challenge? Obviously, Nationals are struggling, but they're going to pick yeah. it up at some point. Do you think you're a few years too early to challenge for the division? Uh, so, yeah, I think we're probably a little too early to challenge for the division. Um, we got some... Good young guys. Uh, I think they need to develop more, though. Um, Nationals are pretty good, so it'll be tough to beat them. And going at it with the Braves is uh, always a good time with the series. Um, but yeah, I think we're a little bit early. Yeah, and the Nationals have just—they've actually been picking it up. There, I think they're about a game behind you guys. They're eight and two, so they're picking it up in terms of their play. But um, like you said, you have a lot of young talent. You have. 
we discussed Franco a little bit and how well he's been playing. Definitely Reese Hoskins is your rising star. Abdul Herrera is a good player. So you guys have um, a lot of young talent that really can develop. Um, as long as Kapler avoids some of the boneheaded moves from earlier this year and doesn't uh, revert back. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we're talking about Philly. That's kind of going to wrap up what we had to say about um, the Phillies because, you know, it's yet to be seen. It's really early in the MLB season, so we're not even that deep into it. But continuing with the Philly success, which is a pain in my ass that there was so much Philly success, um, Villanova. Uh, now, that's a team. Have you followed Villanova very much? Uh, I've followed them. A couple of games I've seen, but not – uh, not very closely. Now, they obviously have had success. It was all over sports and they're the most successful college team over the past four years. And that puts them over Duke. That puts them over North Carolina. That puts them over Kentucky and all these perennial Michigan State, all these perennial powerhouses. And it's just ridiculous what Jay Wright has done there. Now, you being a Philadelphia fan in general, did you kind of uh, puff your chest out from um, basically watching Nova go on this title run? Oh yeah, man. I mean, any any Philly Philly team association that's doing good and gets a championship that's that's awesome. I mean, add another one to the city. It's cool. Now, yeah, you guys finally have more champions besides Rocky Balboa. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> now, I got to throw it out there again. You know, we're gonna bring up Matt Santos again. He would call you <laughs> what we would say is a fake fan. For, you know, your Villanova stance because you didn't follow every single minute of every single game of every player. And you actually didn't, you know, you didn't go out and help them scout the high school players. So unless you go out and you're you're doing all that, you're a fake fan. Matt is actually, he's actually out on the trail right now for the Yankees. And then he's going to double back. And then he's going to, yeah, he's scouting for the Yankees. Then he's going to double back, fly to Europe. And he's going to start scouting for Real Madrid. But no, nah, I just, I just, Matt, Matt's been one of the good guys on this program. <laughs> He's done a lot of good stuff uh, for the podcast. So I just, but Matt does get on all of us for being fake fans, which is kind of funny. But, um, but yeah, in general, Nova is kind of the anomaly in college sports because they're one of the rare success stories. Like I said, they've been the most successful college basketball program over the last four years and they actually graduate their athletes. Their athletes stay for four years, which is bizarre. You don't find that in the time of one and done. Yeah, it is awesome. But it's like, it's something you don't find in the time of one and done. So it's like really nice to see. Yeah, it's it's cool. You get to see them actually go on and graduate. You know, I think, I think most college athletes should go on and graduate. I understand the one and done, but it's cool to see them all graduate, do the four years. It's nice for them to have something to fall back on because a lot of these dudes, yeah, you know, if they're, sure. co- they're pro career prospects fall on the wayside, they get hurt. What the hell are yeah. they falling back on after that? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. That's crazy. They're just joining us in the workforce like bums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, and speaking of schools, that four-year process, uh, school you went to, University of Central yep. Florida, the true champions of college football. Yes, sir. Um, champions. Absolutely. So, how do you feel about the fact that they were robbed of their championship attempt this year? Man, it, it stinks. I mean, it's 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 awesome they went undefeated, but they should have gotten a chance, man. It's it's disappointing. So much young talent on that team, and a couple players got drafted in the first round, and you know it's uh, it stinks. But what can you do? 
Now, what do you think? Um, I know you definitely follow them. You like to follow the program because you did go to the school. Um, yeah. What do you think the prospects are next year? Do you think you have enough to step up and kind of repeat the magic that you had this year and kind of make a run at that playoff again? Uh, I don't know if they have enough to repeat the same as uh, last year, but I think they have a couple young talent, talent guys that can step it up and at least give them a winning season for sure. Definitely. Now, do you think they have a chance to challenge for the conference again? Because, you know, that conference is considered, the AAC is considered the sixth power conference without actually being named the power conference. And they've been showing out. They've been playing really well over the past few years. Um, The competition's legit in that conference. Do you think they deserve the recognition as the sixth power conference? Um, I think so, a little bit. Um, I'll see next year if some some young uh, prospects can step it up and help out the team in some spots but you know, I, I think they could be in the talks for sure yeah that would that would definitely be nice now um it definitely hurts that scott frost who led the team to all the success yep. was a, obviously a great coach with the undefeated season um he leaves he uses the school as a stepping stone school with him leaving does that kind of does that kind of piss you off that um coaches have the ability to just you know up and leave and they can sit there, and obviously a dude like Scott Frost is um, really going on and recruiting his guys on, You're gonna, I'm going to be with you for four years, we're going to develop, we're going to do this, and then all of a sudden, these guys that are now freshmen, sophomores, juniors, don't get to finish out that four years with them. Um, does that kind of uh, you know piss you off that they get the chance to do that, where players, def- if they're not fitting in the team, if they want to transfer, they have a one-year penalty? Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Um, it's it's definitely irritating. Um, I think coaches should uh, at least be locked in for four years to help uh, you know players like that get through school at least, and um, or maybe they should get a penalty. But it it just stinks for the players to be promised this four years of work with this awesome coach, and then he just ups and leaves because he gets a better offer. It's it's pretty it's pretty annoying. Yeah. Now, it kind of pisses me off because I I'm I like Rutgers, obviously, from being from Jersey yeah. as well. But I'm also a Florida State fan. And Jimbo Fisher, that jerk, yep. just up and leaves. <laughs> so I've gone through this, and it's like ridiculous. Like, yeah, University of Central Florida isn't the biggest program, but Florida State is a legitimate yeah. program. No, they're, they're legit. And you just up and leave as Jimbo. Like, we got Willie Taggart from Oregon, which I'm pumped to see what he brings. But it's like, what yep. the hell? Like, it just it's, goes it's to, crazy. It just Coach goes, dropping all over the place. Yeah, and it just goes to show that you don't have to be like a small, like a smaller time program with UCF uh, that yeah. you know that that can be used as like a quote unquote stepping stone. Like Jimbo has a national championship with Florida State. Like he has Jameis yeah. Winston, who's one of the better guys to come out of Florida State. Like it's pretty crazy what exactly it's, it's went wild. on. So. Are you? Is it safe to say that you're going to be rooting against Nebraska and Scott Frost all year? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep my eye on them. I hope they. I'm hope they tank this this season for sure. It's a it's a personal vendetta now. Kind of pisses me off. He went into the Big Ten. Like, why did he have to go? Yeah, in, why like, did he go to the Big Ten? Why can't he leave Rutgers yeah, alone? Yep. You know, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I feel like. He could be. He could like build something there, build up a school. But no, nah, they just want the paycheck, man. It's all that matters to him. And, and that's crazy. And that you know that can go on with a whole other different podcast about the fact that the money that gets yeah. thrown that gets thrown around to coaches, as compared to you know I've never been a big proprietor of athletes getting paid by like the schools per se because. 
tuition yeah. would rise up crazily and everything like that, and it's already yeah. rising as it is. I've always said yeah. players should get paid for their personnel for signing, like autographs and things like that. Yeah. I think that would cure it out because if you're great and you're popular, you get paid more. That's just kind of how it works in the pros too. Yep. But no, that makes sense. I, I I get behind that. Yeah, I agree that uh, paying through the schools, it's I, I don't I, I wouldn't enjoy that because tuition is. It's pretty ridiculous, so... But, yeah, I could get behind uh, players getting paid for their signs and stuff like that, and sponsorships and whatnot. Yeah, could you imagine being that, like, film student, or even, like, that scientist that's going to Stanford, and now all of a sudden I have to pay yeah. 15000 more in my tuition because yeah, the running back in Stanford is a stud? Like, like, yeah, that's insane. Like, I would not be cool with that. <laughs> no, no. Could could you no. imagine if you were still at UCF and then you had to pay more for Man. this team that just got jacked Heck up? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, no way. After Scott Frost left, I'd be like, nah, you're not getting my money. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> you're crazy. There would be riots and rallies for small schools yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would get ugly. Could you imagine, like, Boise State and TCU? Like, there would be dumpster fires literally yeah. every year yeah. with those small nah, schools. There, there wouldn't be a college camp. Burn to the ground. <laughs> be ridiculous. You know, it's safe to say that Marist would my school would never have to have that issue because we kind yeah. of were decent at football and our guys kind of suck at basketball. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah, never have to worry about that. God damn. Oh man, but we could sit there. We could literally have a whole other like seven that's hour whole, podcast on a whole NCAA. Hour discussion about that stuff. Oh my god! But instead of getting into all that, we're just gonna call it a wraps on this, Kyle. Um, all right, man. Really appreciate you coming on. It was lots of fun, my man. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Once again, let everyone know where they can find you on social media. All right, you can follow me on Twitter, Burnsy977, and Snapchat is Burnsy97. Again, don't forget two sevens, one seven. Yeah. If you, want, if you want to follow someone different, then write the wrong yeah, thing. You can follow, follow some different Kyle Burns, you know. Some Kyle Burns from, like, Idaho that is, like, a potato farmer and just chilling, you know. <laughs> they're, they're out there, man. There's Definitely. They're, they are out there. But we have the one and only, the real, the best Kyle Burns that's on this <laughs> podcast. So, again, <laughs> thank, you. thank you for coming on, brother. Yo, thanks for having me, man. It's a blast. Again, I'm Alex Cuesta. Uh, find me on Twitter at A underscore Cuesta 30. You can find Sports Opinions on Twitter at Sports Opinion 30. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, YouTube, Spreaker. Hopefully soon we will be on the, um, not on the, we'll be on Spotify and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening, intro beat, credit goes to David Cuesta, Twitter at DQuesta308. Outro beat goes to Joe Hackett Jr. at Joe Hack. Um, give them both a shout if you ever want any beats. Both of them make beats, and definitely follow Joe because he's a career that's going to take off as a rapper, hip hop artist. He's good at what he does, so follow him. And again, this is Alex Cuesta, Sports Opinions Podcast, episode episode twenty two. Have a good one. <laughs>